I wouldn't want you to propose when we're tipsy, though. This, this is not the point. <laughs> we're ne- I'm never pro- proposing to you again. So there's no <laughs> advice to be given here. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Today's a bit of a unique episode. Mm-hmm. We haven't really done an episode quite like this since our very first episode, which, to be fair, we did not know would ever see the light of day mm-hmm. when we recorded that. And so it feels, I'm a little like weirdly nervous. I feel sort of like there's like a formality. Well, it's like, very personal. It is very personal. And now that we know that we actually have people listening, I feel a little shy because <laughs> it's a lot easier to reveal things about your own relationship and about your own dating history when it just sort of comes up with someone else's story yeah but to just to sit down and tell your own story is i don't know a little nerve-wracking <laughs> i'll get into it i'll get into it i should also mention that i'm a little glum today because we are recording this on christmas day and yeah i normally would spend christmas at home in ottawa canada with my family and so i'm a little down but it's all on Andy now to lift my spirits. Oh, by the end of this hour, <laughs> you will be dancing on the ceiling. Ah, uh, yes. All right. So how you proposed? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have been asking questions along the lines of what happened after episode one? When did you move in? When did you say I love you? When did you become boyfriend and girlfriend? I don't really feel like everyone wants to hear the specifics, but I do think we should give a sort of like bare bones groundwork so sure. that people know the timeline more or less. So as I mentioned in episode one, I was here for a singing contract. I had previously lived here for five years, not in this apartment, but in New York City for five years. Yeah. And it, but it was no longer home. No, you were living in Heidelberg. Yes, Germany. I still had an apartment in Heidelberg. And halfway through this contract, uh, I was moving sublets. And I was supposed to move to a girlfriend's place in Bushwick. Uh. <laughs> Bushwick is very hip. It is hip now. Yes. It was a little less hip then. It was a little less hip then. And also it's a ways from here. Ways. Yes. It's a ways. And it was like a couple days away that I was going to do this big move. And at this point we had been dating for what? Two and a half weeks. I don't remember being that long, but let's just say. It was very early. Two weeks. And you were like, I have a crazy suggestion. Move in with me for the rest of your contract. Or the rest of your life. (laughs) But. At that point, the rest of your contract, right? And I was like, okay. Like, it was ridiculous how easy a decision that was, actually, now that I think about it. And all my girlfriends were like, you're crazy. Like, if this relationship is something special, you're going to ruin it by doing it. When you know, you know. It's 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 a really critical example of when you know you know. I don't know. Do I don't know if I believe in when you know you know. All I know is that it felt right to spend as much time with you as possible, especially since we had this like ticking clock. Yeah. The ticking clock is a big factor here. Like I would not have moved in with you after two and a half weeks if I well, just there lived was a, in there, you. I felt there was a rush for us to figure out if this actually was what we thought it was. Yes, because we knew that I had a contract end date and I had a flight the next day. Yeah, there was no time. Which, to by the way, I never got on. Oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. After I moved in with you and we just completely were like, right. this is a thing now. Wow. I never got on that flight. Right about that. Yeah. And that's why I tend to say there is no such thing as moving too fast if you're both on the exact same page, because we are the poster children for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too fast. Too- <laughs> but the right speed at the same time. Yeah. We were both ready. Yeah. If I had been five years younger, no. If you had 
I honestly, and, and believe me, I'm not this kind of guy. Like I've always been very, very anxious about girls moving into my apartment. Yeah, which is funny. But I would say that after our second date, if you had never left the apartment, I would have been totally cool with it. That's how fast I knew. That's sweet. It's true. Okay, so that contract wraps. I'm, I've settled in here with my suitcase and a half of stuff. Yeah. And I never get on that flight. Finally, I do have work I have to do in Germany. I have rehearsals in Eastern Germany, and then I also have performances in Western Germany. And mm-hmm. so I pack up my bags and, and leave. Yeah. And that was a sweet moment. The airport. I actually think the airport moment stood out more to you than it did to me. because It, it stood out. I'll never forget that. That was the most, I was filled with such sadness. Because it was like I had just I had spent so long looking for you. And I it wasn't like I thought that you going to Germany for six weeks was going to be like the end of it. But the unknown there were so many unknowns like who knows what's going to happen. Well, And also six weeks was at least as long. If, no, it, it was far longer. It was longer than we had been dating. Yeah. So it was like I was like, I finally found this. The, I know this is the one. And like now she's gone. Who knows what's gonna happen in Germany with a plane? What may end up in the ocean? I have Which no is idea. Such a you thing to think. Totally. Me. Now worst that I case know scenario. you better, yeah. Andy always thinks of the worst case scenario. Like every plane we get on is gonna crash. Yeah. I don't but know then, how then, you function on it. Yeah, but then every single outcome of everything that I do is always better than I thought it would happen. <laughs> so it's actually a very optimistic way of living. The ultimate in expectation management. Yeah. Just always imagine yeah. you're if, gonna die every time you leave the house. Basically, if you do anything that results not in your death. That's a good, it's a good, <laughs> good story. Anyway, I was very sad when we were saying goodbye at the airport. You cried. I was crying. I was, I would say Which I was. Which to this day is one of, I think, three times I've ever seen you cry. And it's one of like five times I've cried in my adult life. You were M- maybe bawling. six. I was bawling. I was really upset. And so you left and I saw you go and I was like, wow. And I remember I was like walking into the airport still obviously at least people knew I had been crying if I wasn't continuing to cry. And this couple, like a young couple came up to me and like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I know how you feel. Like I was like, what, you, how did you even know what's going on? Like I was such an obvious case of like you know, a rom-com heartbreak. character. Yeah, it was like so, <laughs> so quintessential that they were just like, Oh yeah, you're, you're a girl that you, you know, just started dating and really love is gone and you're crying. They knew, and they were like, "I'm sorry, we know how you feel." I was like, "I was like, oh, thanks, yeah, that's rough." <laughs> I was like, "This is also embarrassing." <laughs> so anyway, I said at that moment, I realized I was like, "I have to. This is I can't live without this girl." It was that obvious. Was, so oh, okay, so we always talk about knowing with a capital K. You know, when you're a grown man who rarely ever cries in your life, that you're bawling in an airport. Like that's that's so when that you was know. your moment. I knew. I was like, I can never let this girl out of my sight. And that's when I decided that it was it was done. There was no question. Oh, that's sweet. Okay. So I actually didn't know that was the moment you knew. I mean, I, I'd like to say the moment I knew was the second you opened your mouth when I first met you. But I knew that that moment I knew there was something that Major. was going to happen here. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to get married to you. Yeah. So... I knew when when I was, you know, embarrassing myself in the airport that this was it. This was it. There would be no more times when a random couple would console me in an airport f- for crying about my girlfriend. As Zach C said on the current season of The Bachelorette, grown men cry. So mm-hmm. He's good right. for you. Good for Zach. You're, you're grown. He's a good man. 
Okay, so I get to Germany and you actually ended up visiting me. Yeah, I couldn't wait. I thought I would be able to stick out the six weeks, which was absurd. So I bought a, I bought a flight to uh, Germany. And you saw my performances and we took a little trip to Paris in that week. We went yeah. and spent a few nights there. We had a week together. It was lovely. And then you went back home and, the, and I spent another few weeks there. Right. So there's a big part of this story that, that you're not covering. Yeah, well, I know. I first want to give the bare bones okay. and then you can give the behind so, the scenes. We're having realized in the airport that I needed to marry this girl, um, I, I decided I, I want to get a ring. I need to get a ring. And we had been dating for what? Two months? Two and a half months? Mm, barely two months. Yeah, somewhere yeah. around the two. Something two, two and a half, pretty crazy. Two yeah. You know, obviously this wasn't the first time I had gotten a ring. <laughs> as we know from <laughs> yeah, that's episode. Why, that's why it was so easy. Yeah. You, you were experienced. Was, yeah. And the first time I actually went to Fortune Off, which is now bankrupt and gone, I literally went during a lunch break. It was an impulsive move. I was literally like at work and I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. And I went, went to Fortune Off, got a ring in my lunch break, came back to work. Done. Wow. And it was, it was, it was. Very decisive ring buyer. Yeah, it was a very, but that ended up being a. <laughs> so um so this time i was like i asked my mom i was like you know do you know any ring people i gotta get a ring i, I gotta i gotta marry this girl and she wasn't opposed she had been sort of certainly pounding her foot for quite some time she was like okay okay i got a guy i got a guy you can get you get your ring in the next two hours so anyway i went to this guy in the and, diamond district. in the diamond district he was like very up in this, yeah New was, York. Yeah, I mean, where else do you get it? So, <laughs> so I went to his office. He was like on the third floor or something. I went up there and he asked me what your ring size was. And I didn't, I remember I was trying to find out. I, I was, I really had nothing to go on. I just guessed at what your ring size was. I remember, I think it was, I said like a seven or something, which was wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. So anyway, I was like, can you just give me some guidance here? Just give me, just give me some stuff. And so he brings out a bunch, like a box with a bunch of rings. And I was like, well, you know, none of them really like jumped out at me. But I was like, you know, she likes, I know she likes gold. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, don't, you, you get a platinum band. You don't get a gold band. I was like, okay, you know, you know, diamond district guy. And then I was like, you know, I have a feeling she's going to want a solitaire. I just have a feeling. She's not, she's not like a pave kind of kind of girl. And he's like, all girls want pave. You, you got to get pave. <laughs> So I was like, all right. This guy's a real dick. Well, he, he meant well. <laughs> He's making major blanket statements he meant about well. and on, on average, he was probably right. 90% of the time, what he's saying is probably going to be right. You know what the mistake was? Is you had no idea what I wanted. I, but I had a, a little idea. I, I had a feeling it was a solitaire and I had a feeling it was a this gold is, band. This is what happens when you want to buy a ring two months in. If you had dated me longer, you would That's have known. That's true. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I, you know what I very just good realized? It's a very good point. You know what I just realized is that I'm not wearing my ring. Yeah. I'll, I'll to, get it. I'll, I'll get yeah, it at some we'll, point. We'll get that for a, for a showcase. So anyway, the guy gives me the ring. I was like, you know, I don't even care. Even if she hates this ring, whatever. I, the whole point is I need a ring. You really, yeah. There was a real sense of you wanting to lock it down, I feel like. Should you blame me? I mean, what yeah, else was I Yeah, it's just interesting do? how everyone thinks it's this, you know, oh, this mutual, like, loving decision. But I really felt from you, and I appreciate this, is like when I left, and I didn't really leave anything in this apartment. You know, I just had my suitcase and a half, like I said. I didn't really leave anything here, did I? You didn't leave enough here for me to feel 
comfortable that you had an anchor. Oh, interesting. I'd be like, well, you got to come back and get your oh, it's computer. Sort of, yeah, it's sort of like when you when you leave something at a, I don't know. On purpose. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to leave my keys with you so you know I'm coming back. Right. Or my right, passport right. so you yeah, know no, I'm there was back. not there was not enough here. You could have never come back and been fine, gone to like Target and replaced, you know, $100 worth of stuff. You would have been okay. Yeah. And you had this moment of realizing that you didn't want to live without me. And so you like got a ring to almost lock that shit down. What else was I supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's there's something kind of... Wait, like five years? Also, to be fair, I lived in Germany. Like, there was a lot of reasons. Like, you could, be, you could have ended up being like, I'm going to stay in Germany for the next five years. Yeah. So I wanted... There was... I'm not that guy... You're making it seem like I, I, no, I want to make I know, it clear I, that I'm I, the opposite of that guy. I know. And that's why I think it's interesting in this story. Yeah. I knew you were the one and I knew there were certain logistical issues that might confuse things unless I made it official as fast as possible. So anyway, got the ring from the guy who gave me bad advice for <laughs> yeah. you, but maybe good advice for someone else. And... um I went off to Germany with fully intending to drop that ring on you at some point. No specific plan in mind. So I get to Germany and I'm thinking to myself, you'll know when the right time comes. Like I didn't have a plan. There was no like big romantic trail of rose petals and like nothing, nothing was planned. It was just going to be like a real old school, like, boom, here's a ring. Okay. Oh, so, so I have to be clear. This ring was in a in a box that was pretty big. And I was like, I can't walk around a two-week trip in Europe with a big ring box in my pocket. So I wrapped the ring in like a little baggie. Like you put like drugs in, you know, like a <laughs> like a dime bag. Okay. And it was in there and I put it in my pocket. And I had that with me from the airplane all the way to the, the whole time. I had it the whole time. I was ready. I was locked and loaded, ready to rock at any point in time. So we were in Paris. This is amazing. And I, and I really, I'll tie how fate has worked for us into this. I'm not a fate guy, but this is kind of amazing how these, these events unfolded. So we're on this bridge in Paris, this famous romantic bridge. Oh, the one with the locks? With all the locks on it. Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> oh, you just look confused. I'm waiting for you to say. Because you haven't heard, you don't know I, this story. I don't know this story. You know, this is the first time you're understanding yeah. this. Okay. I, I never... know. I remember going on that bridge. I remember it was very romantic. Yeah. We were so in love. Like we were so honeymoon So phase. honeymoon, right? So we're on this bridge. We're taking pictures. And I'm like, this is it. This is the bridge. And then as I was like getting my, my guts up to do this, you literally said... Oh, I bet like there are so many cheesy proposals on this bridge. And I was like, yep, you're probably right about that. that I don't remember saying that, you but did. it sounds like something I would totally say. Totally said it. And I was like, well, that was a sign if I've ever seen one. So, you know, back in the pocket, safe and sound for next time. Oh, thank God I said that. That is not where I would want oh, you to Oh, it keeps going. It's, <laughs> okay. it's just crazy. This is, I've never told you this. Yeah, no, I've never heard I've this. I've sort of given you, I think I told you one or two little parts of it, but not this whole thing. So, so the next time we were going to that really opulent Chinese restaurant in Paris. Oh it yeah, it was like a Chinese fusion place. It, it was, was like so something good. out of like the 1940s. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah, Beautiful. and very romantic. Very romantic. It's like, I'm going to do it here. So we're getting drinks and, you know, I'm like a little tipsy and you're tipsy. 
And like we finished, we got dessert, we're, you know, and we're having like another drink. I'm like, okay, here we go. And just as I was sort of fiddling in my pocket to go get the ring, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of tired. You want to call it a night? And I was like, okay, so much for that. Take, take three at some point in the future. So that was that. I wouldn't want you to propose when we're tipsy though. This, this is not the point. <laughs> we're ne- I'm never pro- proposing to you again. So there's no <laughs> advice to be given here. So take two was scratched. That's cute, actually. So then we get to Germany. So I'm like, well, so much for proposing in Paris. No other moment came up. And I was like, that's it. The whole most romantic place in the world is now gone from my proposal. So now we're in Germany, one of the more dour places. <laughs> not, not number one choice. We have German listeners. Careful what you say. No, no, no. I love Germany. But there's a little more dour than Paris. And I had a few performances yeah, that you, you attended. Yeah, you had performances, mm-hmm. um, which, was, which was really exciting for me. To see you perform there. And they love, you were well loved in Germany. There were like posters of you. It was pretty kind of, it was really cool for someone who just was, met you. Yeah, my voice was really well received in Germany. Like they it loved suits you. German repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet of you to remember that. Okay, yeah. continue. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying hearing all these the like near attempts. <laughs> so in Heidelberg, which is a beautiful picturesque toy town it's a toy it's like a it's like make-believe land it's where my apartment was where you lived mm-hmm. yeah and there's this castle which actually i believe you performed in the schloss the schloss ah yes the schloss so we're at the castle and we're it's a beautiful just a beautiful view of the river and the it's just so pretty and i'm like here we go this is it i got it and just as i was feeling around for the ring it starts raining <laughs> And I was like, no way. This has got to be a joke. I was like, forget it. So I just put it back. And that was it. This is not going to happen. It was raining. It was like a legitimate rain. That's funny. So that was the end of that. And then you ended up just getting on a plane and going home. Nope. There's a fourth attempt. <laughs> <laughs> this is like why I'm talking about fate. Something was like not happening here. You're not Wait. doing it here. Yeah. No matter how many times you try, we're going to stop you. So the last time was by far the most amazing. It gives me chills just thinking about how close it was. So we're, we're in bed in your Heidelberg apartment. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm leaving soon. I got to get this. This has just got to get done. Like, it's kind of, there's something almost romantic about just doing it in bed. It's like kind of, I bet most people don't do that. That's like a thing you see in the movies. It's also kind of lazy. Apparently, but- Harry proposed to Meghan Markle in their kitchen. There you go. His kitchen or her kitchen. In a kitchen. So. I did not know that. Very low key. So I'm embarrassed that I know that. That is embarrassing, <laughs> but I'm glad I know it now. Wait, to be fair, I know way less about them as a couple than most people my age. It's okay. Who are fem- okay. Who are females. It's okay, we understand. <laughs> you, you did some reading of the tabloids. It's okay. So anyway, my royal proposal was about to occur in the bed. So my jeans were by the side of the bed. And I knew in the pocket of my jeans was this bag. Was a drug baggie with a ring. It was my drug baggie with the ring inside of it. We were sort of having a moment and I wanted it to, I wanted to be able to do it with one hand while not completely being, okay, let me dig around. Sorry. Let yeah. me dig around here and figure out what's happening. And yeah. Oh, here we go. So I wanted to be really cool about it. So I'm like looking at you and I, meanwhile, my right hand, I'm digging around. First, I can't find the pocket of my jeans. So I'm like finding, I found the back pocket. I found some other little change pocket. Like I couldn't get to the pocket Finally, I get to the pocket and at the same point, I'm like, this is, this is becoming a problem. She's going to start noticing something's weird here. 
was I clearly was like stranding a little bit on my right side. So I'm like digging in the pocket and my keys are in there, Euro coins in there. There's like <laughs> jangly thing. There's some other metal thing that I got and I couldn't get to the bag itself. So I was like, oh my God. So I kept fiddling. I, I pushed aside some coins. I finally found plastic, but then I couldn't get the seal open with one hand. I couldn't open the baggie. I couldn't get you know, it open. I, so first of all, I never noticed this. Of course, I know. But second of all, it's so sweet how hell bent you were on surprising me. Like you couldn't even turn around for one moment. No, I was because just let well, pre, this will come back later. But yes. the preface is: no one on earth is more difficult to surprise than this woman. It's true. It's like literally trying to sneak into a house with trained pit bull guard dogs. <laughs> it's impossible. So yeah. anyway, finally I get the bag and I'm like, I got it. But I can't open and try this at home. Try to open a little dime bag or if you're, you know, the dime bag you have in your, in your desk. Try to open it with one hand. It's not easy. So I'm sitting there, I'm fiddling. I'm like, come on, you got this, get this. I was like squeezing it. I was pressing it. I was slipping and moving and I couldn't get it open. I was like, this is unbelievable. So I just gave up. And that was You it. gave up? That's gave, why you gave up. I gave up because I couldn't get it with one hand. I would have had to Well, don't get me wrong. I'm glad you gave up. I just, I had never knew that story. So finally, I'm just sitting there in bed with you and I lift my hand. I'm like, it's not happening in Europe. It was this strange, like almost relief that the pressure was off, but also this kind of sadness, like, wow, I brought this ring 3,000 miles and- carried it with me this whole time and now i just i'm gonna have to wait till some undetermined time in the future i had a lot of mixed feelings about it but it wasn't positive so that was that and you flew home and i flew home with the ring with my tail between my legs that's not so much between my legs but getting between <laughs> okay can i tell yeah go my ahead. point of view on that so i had no idea about any of that definitely yeah. But what's interesting is that I get the sense that you really wanted to propose because it was you wanted to make sure that I would come back. But what's so funny is, oh, no, I wanted to I wanted to basic the, the thought process I had was I want to pro propose soon enough that it's never an elephant in the room or even the tiniest little elephant in the room or contrived in any way. I, I wanted to propose before it even was a thing like, oh, I wonder if he's going to propose soon or, hey, what do you think about us moving to the next level? Like, I never wanted it to get to that point. Yeah. I wanted to bypass all the, are you going to propose Well, because you had been tension. there. You had been there in relationships where it's not you healthy. told me about one girlfriend with her hands on her hips. Like, yeah, just literally. In like, the, like you like know, when are you going to propose? Yeah, yeah, tapping her foot, and I I don't think that's good. It should never get to that point. So I wanted to have this sort of sweet spot between that and your parents thinking that you I were. was a maniac. <laughs> and I thought somewhere in the four to five month range is like borderline maniac. But then I'm going to miss Europe. So I was like, I'm going to have to seem like a tiny bit of a maniac to your parents. But I'm definitely going to skip any of the like wondering if I'm going to propose phase. Definitely. So that was my thought process. But go ahead. I interrupted. Um, I mean, I certainly would have said yes at that point, but I do think it would have been quite. I wasn't. A, that was the other thing. I wasn't 100 percent sure you were going to say yes. I thought there was a chance you'd give me that. Not now, but let's revisit. Oh. I thought there was like a 10 Oh, I chance. was pretty sold on you. And that's what I find interesting about this whole thing is there's this sense of like wanting to lock it down, wanting to make sure I came back to be with you. Um, and by the way, for the record, anyone wondering, like I wasn't really happy in Germany. I wasn't. Mm, yeah. It wasn't 
the life that I thought it would be in terms of like career and personal life. And so I was looking for a reason. I was already thinking of like moving to London or something and being based there and then just flying to Germany for auditions. Like I just didn't, Germany wasn't my place. I, nothing against Germans because I actually think Germans are for the most part lovely for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly, the second I was done my performances, like I sublet my apartment again and yeah. packed my bags and came back here, and then we resumed our sort of fairy tale, sure. semi-temporary living together situation. Yeah. But I've told you this before. I actually, and this is such a Sex in the City moment. I knew that you had a ring. Oh my god! <laughs> I totally so did a gentle like perusing through your bag while you were sleeping one morning well, that's in my apartment. Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> and I remember seeing it's like that it's like that sex in the city episode this totally happens in sex in the city where carrie finds a ring box the difference is in the show she opens the ring box and looks at the ring i just saw the box and i was like (laughs) i backed away slowly because i i didn't look inside to see a ring but i saw a box and i couldn't think of what else would be in there the funny thing was is that inside that box you would have found nothing was the ring was in my jeans that is funny. Yeah, you would have found a box, a, a ring box with no ring in it. Then you would have really been like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> so I feel like this is the moral of the story is don't go through your boyfriend's stuff, especially if you guys are like really hopelessly in love, because I wish I hadn't done that because it was then sort of implanted in the back of my mind that you may have a ring, mm-hmm. which don't get me wrong. When you ended up proposing, I don't want to give anything away, but I think it had no bearing. I don't think it affected that at all. Nonetheless, I kind of fucked myself over mm-hmm. by rummaging through your bag casually. Yeah. Easy moral of the story. Don't look through your boyfriend's bags. Yes. <laughs> easy. Just send it there. It's good enough. Um, but I mean, it is funny. Those early stages, you're just not really sure about each other that much. Like now yeah. we look back and we're like, oh, we were so confident. But at the time you're like, I feel this way about him. He's telling me he feels this way. I'm pretty sure he feels this way. Yeah, you didn't know. Maybe I had like three girlfriends on the side. You had no idea what was going on. It's true. Yeah. But I did. I have to be honest. When I came to Europe, I did have a feeling that you in your mind probably thought, oh, he may have a ring with him. Like we, we, we were that strong that I thought that you thought that I would have a ring with him. I think we both knew that you would be proposing at some point. I yeah. did not think you would propose like uh, Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. So that's cute. I didn't know about all those failed attempts. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I saved it for this podcast. I always knew we were going to do a podcast, even back then. <laughs> All right, so I come back. Mm-hmm. And you must be happy about that. I was very happy. I really, I'm a real pessimist. Like, I was sure that you were going to be kidnapped or something. Or were you worried that I'd get back together? I thought you'd get back together with a boyfriend, that you would never leave Germany, that you'd be kidnapped, that you would join a cult. I had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> okay. All bad things. Okay. So I come back and we are living our lives here Mm -hmm. and months go by, I think. Yep. You have the ring the entire time. The entire time. And uh, And I actually completely forgot that you had that ring. Yeah. I I mean, just for the most part. To be honest, like so so much time went by that I completely like just didn't really. That's amazing. Think that said, if you had taken me to to some really beautiful romantic restaurant, you would have any kind of ultra romantic venue or thing. I would have been like, yeah, anything in the Venn diagram of like proposal slash romance would have been dead giveaway. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that's why there were no attempts 
at all and no even conceived attempts of proposing to you until I had formulated the perfect plan. So at this point, you did decide that you would have a plan. At this point, I decided, number one, we were good. You were living with me. We were getting along great. I had no concern that you were going to go anywhere. And I had no concern that you were going to say no if I proposed to you. So now it was down to me making sure I didn't drag it on too many months to get to that, you know, elephant in the room phase, which I hate. Which, by the way, elephant in the room phase does not happen before a year. I know, but I wanted there to not even be the like embryo of an elephant in the room, (laughs) not even like the conception. So I was thinking of my master plan and I figured it out. I knew where I was going to do it. And as people remember from episode one, I met you at the Woolworth building bar called the Woolly, which is- I actually don't think we ever revealed the name of the place. Oh. We said it was an event space, but- for anyone wondering, anyway. it's the Woolly in the yeah. Woolworth building. <laughs> and, and you, you cannot, cannot just roll in. Yeah, it's not a bar. Yeah. So As much as it may look like one. So I knew I was going to propose to you there. And I knew, oh, really? I knew it. That's where I was going to do it. By hook or crook, I was going to make it happen in that place. Okay. I knew that was the way to do it. Okay. That was what made you come up with that idea? Because I suddenly realized, I was like, of course, proposed to her in the place you met her, which was a lovely place that we both really liked and we hadn't been back to since. Yeah. It's brilliant. And it was hard to get into. Well, and actually we would have gone back to by then if we could get in. Of course. We wanted to go back. We had talked about going back, but we couldn't go back because you had to be invited to a party. There. Yeah. Or an, a fundraiser for Ocean or a Animals. a fundraiser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On Tinder. So... I called the Wooly and I emailed the Wooly and I tried to get the owner or owners on the phone somehow. And I got a response on email eventually from this guy, his name, I think, let's just say his name was Seamus. (laughs) Okay. Is that a good code name? So, so Seamus emails me. And he's like, oh, wow, that's such a cool story. Oh, so you told him. You're I like, told him the whole thing. I wasn't like, hey, man, you know, I went to your place once. Can I get back in? No, I told him. <laughs> I was like, I met my future wife there. He's like, well, I would love to to get you in to do this. This is a great story. But the problem is, it's like, we're like super booked. I couldn't squeeze you in for the next few weeks. And I was like, well, can you get me just any day in the next like three months, any day or days that I could get in there? And he's like, okay, we're going to make this happen. I'm going to get back to you. Oh, that's sweet. He's a great guy. I love this guy. I don't know. A few days later, he writes back. He's like, these are the dates you could come. And it was like three days over the next two months or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, great. (laughs) So I was like, okay, now I got to make a reservation at a restaurant. I can't just be like, hey, you know, we're doing a night. We're going to the Woolly. Oh, how can you get into the Woolly? Well, uh, yeah, don't ask I me questions. I would definitely be on to It you. would have been obvious. Mm-hmm. So I had to think of a way to get you to the Woolly that night without you suspecting anything. And That's not easy. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. And this is where you really are. This is your most brilliant. This was a I think this is the true stroke of genius. Stroke of genius. It was. I, yeah, yeah. So I said, what is the least likely thing a man would do with a woman before he proposes to her? And I decided that the least likely thing would be to announce that he had a Groupon discount (laughs) to a restaurant that he had never been to and he thought it would be fun to go. (laughs) 
And what's funny is I remember sitting down here and from upstairs, you were like, oh, have you been to that Italian restaurant down in Tribeca? There's a great deal on Groupon. And I was like, okay, like, sure, sounds good. And it was, it was also, yeah, it was how I loved it. I knew right away. I was like, you did it. You did it. It was also one of those like old Italian restaurants. It's really overpriced and yeah. not that great. Not that great. It needs it needs to get on Groupon to get yeah, business. It literally needs to be on Groupon I mean, or Guilt or any of those things to get people in the seats. It's worth mentioning that it's not in business anymore. And it also closed. So, you know, it was it was in its last days. It had a good good run. And it was within walking distance of the Woolly. And that's the most important part. Three blocks from the Woolly. So I made a reservation on Groupon for this day. And of course, Charlene's friends in L.A. suddenly are like, hey, we want to take you out for an early birthday thing. Come to L.A. for a big girls trip. And you're like, hey, I'm going to go to L.A. this weekend. Is that cool? And I was like, yes, (laughs) have a great time in L.A. So my whole plan, the apple cart was over. I remember you being like weirdly uncool about me going to LA. I was to spend time so with my pissed. It was the first time I was pissed off at you for a reason that was completely not your fault. I was, I felt hostility. I was like, how this girl has to pick this, this one weekend to go to LA out of nowhere. So anyway, I had to scrap the Groupon reservation and I had to scrap the Woolly but I had 10 emails back and forth. Like, it's going to be Saturday night. I'm going to be there at like 8.30, 9 o'clock. <laughs> the whole thing is like, oh, psyched. I'm sorry. So then I pushed it out and I was like, is that Saturday still available? And he's like, no, it's not available anymore. But then there's this other Saturday, which is like now three weeks later. And I was like, okay, I'm coming that Saturday. Call the restaurant. Reschedule the Groupon <laughs> reservation. <laughs> Amazingly, they had an availability. <laughs> So, so that worked out. So it's the Saturday following your birthday. And, and I'm fully aware that the dinner we're going to is a Groupon dinner that you got. And at I a made discount. it. I really ne- drove that home. I did not want you to think for one second. This was a regular old yeah. just restaurant. I liked. Yeah. This is Groupon. You were like, it, it, it has really good reviews. It's a good deal. Like, look, it's an oh, Italian. Yeah. Look know? at how much. Look, look at how much. It's like $50 off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you yeah. Want you, you, do? you did make a big show and about I played it up. how much you were saving on the dinner. Yeah. How to play it up. So I I was so confident in this. I was like, I this is genius. I really felt like this is one of the, my greatest achievements in life. <laughs> the one thing I was worried about was the ring. So I had learned from the my last experience that number one, first of all, I'm not going to just have a naked ring sitting in my pocket. I, Murphy's Law says that pocket's going to have a hole in it that night, and it's gonna, I'm not having just a ring in my pocket with change and keys, and that's insane. That is pretty risky. So. And I'm not going to have it in a baggie because I learned my lesson from that. I wanted to have it in an actual box to give to you to, to open it up to be like, here, look, like a the way, you know, it's kind of done. Like a box. It's a romantic trope of how to propose to someone. So the problem was the box is kind of big. And it was a hot night. And I... I, I remember was, I had a fishtail. Yeah. I have a picture of that fish tail. I distinctly remember I felt cute that night. You looked very cute that night. But and more I was importantly, pleased. I felt cute. And I was very excited about that. You were excited that I felt cute. Yeah. Which I could tell sometimes you just not Yeah, crazy. sometimes I'll throw something together and I'm like, eh, I don't want any photos tonight. Like, I, I don't look cute. But I felt cute. You fe- I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. And it was all the more unlikely that you felt and looked that cute for a Groupon dinner. 
which I was worried about. I was worried you would go super ca- like be like, oh, this is dumb. I'm just gonna be like super casual, not put in any effort. But you put uh, in the you effort. You know me by You then. know you put in effort all the time. I get dressed up for Groupon dinners I as I would for any other <laughs> Groupon, dinner. Groupon <laughs> doesn't matter what Groupon it is. So I had to stuff this this box in my jeans pocket. So there was just enough in that front pocket to get it in there without it being like like a snake that had just eaten like a you know a, a box of jewelry. So <laughs> so um it was in there and I was like, ooh, this is dicey. Like it was in and I was kind of like, if you would so much as put your hand on my lap, you know, looked it. too closely. It was, I was like, that was the one part of the plan. I was like, if this blows this whole plan, I'm going to be so pissed. But anyway, that was stressing me out. So, I, you know, on the trip down there, I was kind of like keeping my elbow on it. And I was like, this is this might blow my cover. So we got to the restaurant safely. And we, we had our... We had a very mediocre dinner. Very mediocre. I feel like you, you're, you were stoked that it was mediocre. I, I was. Everything was working out. It became funny. But it was one of these restaurants where the waiters come over. There's a big presentation. like, hello, bonjour. <laughs> you know, this is the whole thing. Like, welcome to this, this place. So we're going to treat you special. It was like a real old school. Yeah. Every, and it was they hilarious. made there was so much bravado around every single dish that they gave you and every little thing. But the food itself was just not it was that fine. great. It was fine. And so we started like ruthlessly mocking it. Which was delightful to me. Because I was like the more this meal becomes a joke, the less she's gonna be thinking I'm proposing or should we would have had better Italian food within like like a stone's throw uh, of yeah. our apartment. I mean rest in peace the restaurant have some respect. But yes it wasn't I mean yeah, no, I'm but, sorry. I if agree. you're gonna be a restaurant in New York City, get your shit together. And it Especially was an Italian restaurant. And a very expensive one. Yeah, it was overpriced. Yeah. And they Even were at- the Groupon, it was overpriced. Yes, yeah. and they were acting like, this is going to be the best, you know, the most authentic yes. Italian food. And then you taste and you're like... Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's okay. <laughs> we finished dinner. And this is where I'm like, okay, don't screw this up. You got to keep, keep your game face on here. So I was like, hey, you know what I just realized? We're like, we're we're like aren't we really close to the place we met like aren't isn't this in the general name i remember you doing this and you're like oh i don't think so i think we're like i'm like no i'm pretty sure we're pretty close to it i was like oh let me google so i google on my phone like i'm doing this whole charade and by the way it's raining it it just it just anyway we do yeah it was beginning to rain so I Google it. I'm like, oh, look, see, it's right here. It's like three blocks away. We can just walk in there. And you're like, no, we can't go there. Because it's, it's like you're going to get stuck at the door. It's going to be embarrassing. And Charlie is super Canadian, so she doesn't want to have a door situation. I mean, that's... I don't like a door situation. No, she hates that. Actually, even when I had my blog five-year anniversary party, because I didn't want to make people RSVP their full names because I understand people want to be anonymous if they want to be anonymous. But some people just RSVP like Sarah. And I was like, oh, we don't want trouble at the door. No. At least put your like last initial. I just like, so it's Charlene. my nightmare to go somewhere and like have issues I know. at the door. I don't I know. know why. I have a weird thing about that. It's endearing, I guess. So just from my perspective, we have this mediocre dinner that we've come all the way downtown for. And it's raining. And we have one umbrella and you want to walk to the venue where we met, where we will most certainly be turned away at the door. And right. I'm just like, oh, I just want to go home. This is like, uh, yeah. I, and, I'm, t- and, you know, it's raining. I, we're not going to get in. Like, let's where the subway's right here. Forget it. Which is understandable. But I was furious. <laughs> 
It was the first time I was legitimately angry at you. Like, I was pissed. I remember you were, like, upset. Yeah. You're like, like it's just three blocks away. We're just only three blocks. Well, I I broke character. Like, I was like, I completely lost my cool. And I was like, we're going to the Wally right now. (laughs) That could have blown my cover. But... It didn't because you were so distracted by the Groupon. The Groupon is so powerful. The Groupon. So much. much, It had so much legs, you know. It was your invisibility cloak. Superpower. What you were intending to do was impossible to be seen because of that Groupon. It's so true. That's exactly the the, the right way to say it. It gave me, it was like a, a superpower. Yes. So the Groupon was doing its magic. And even after I basically yelled at you in the street, (laughs) we're going to the Wooly, you still had no clue. And off we went, walking to the Wooly in the rain. And you kept saying the whole walk there, you're like, you're not going to get in. I don't know what you think you're doing. You're not going to get in. So I was like, okay, okay, fine. We'll give it a shot. I did say that. So we get to the door and I'm like, I'm like, stand back. Let me handle this. <laughs> like I'm like some big, Which I was A-okay with, by the way, because I was, again, I was well, so I mortified yeah. by any door situation. I'm like, I'll stand back with the umbrella while you get well, like, humiliated. I, well, that's the best part is I knew you'd want to be as far away as possible so you wouldn't hear anything that happened. I knock on the door. I'm like, you know, knocking on the door and the, and the bouncer, the door guy comes out and he's like, what's up? And so you didn't hear any of this, but I was like, Seamus, the owner, like knows I'm coming. I'm Andy. He told you to tell. He's like, oh, yeah, I got you. And he's like, yeah, come in. And how many people do you have with you? And I was like, oh, just 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 uh, just my lady over here. And he's like, all right, come on in. And you were like, you thought I was like the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> I was like, what did you tell him? Yeah. So uh, I truly thought you thought that I slipped him money uh, or something. No, I thought you just talked your way. Like, I mean, I did in a way. Because you have done that play. before at other places. Honestly, you are such a talker. Right. But I was just so impressed. I was like, wow. And yeah. we were so excited to get back in to this venue where we hadn't oh, been since I we was, met. I was so psyched when we got I got you in there. I was like, this was the hardest part. Like getting into that place with you without you knowing. Oh, we should mention, by the way, this was five and a half months after we met. Five and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. Right past the parents think I'm a psycho phase. So the the whole idea was, is that I was going to propose to you on the couch where we met, where you first sat down next to mm-hmm. me. Um, and so we get into the place and I, we immediately have like, oh, let's go, let's go. Let's go to the couch where we met. It's so cool. Like we can see the place where we met. And there's this couple there. And oh, it was like, just a couple? I thought it was a group of friends. No, it was a couple. It okay. was it was a boyfriend, girlfriend. Okay. They were sitting right there. So I was like, okay, whatever. We'll just sit on this place. It was like there's like two rooms to the bar, and the first room there's a couch, and we just sat on yeah. the couch. And we were a little bummed. We were a little bummed. And I was particularly bummed because I was like, this, this stupid couple is blowing my plan. So I go, I was like, I'm like, Oh, but just- don't forget. In this moment, didn't I put my hand on your leg? Oh, my God. Right on this. I'm like one inch from the finish line, and she puts her hand right on my ring leg, like with the box right there sticking out stupidly. And I literally was like, I grabbed her hand, and like it was just an awkward, like, oh, hey. You know, I was like, oh, just random. Hey, how's your hand doing? Like, let me hold it. It was just, I panicked. But it worked. Again, invisibility cloak, as you called it. Yes. The Groupon is... It's unbeatable. I think I would have sniffed this out by now if it weren't for the Groupon. Are you kidding? Yeah. There's no chance you wouldn't have sniffed it out. You would have sniffed it out before we left the house for the evening. Especially considering, again, I knew somewhere in the back of my mind that you may have a ring. Yeah, it was you. there would have been a heavy sniffing out. So, so we're in the restaurant. I mean, we're in the bar. And 
I have this really close call right before. And, and you're so, no, like, you would have never let it go. You'd have been like, what's in your pocket? And it would have never, I would have never been able to stop you from finding out. I sound awful. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, yeah, I don't like secrets. Yeah, you don't like secrets. I like to know everything. Even when it hurts you. Yes. When it causes you harm. Yeah. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go and ask, I'm going to see if those people, when those people are leaving, was I think it'd be so cool for us to sit where we met. And you, and you were like totally into it. You're like, yeah, that, that's, yeah, I asked them. You were into it. You liked the idea. So I go, I was like, hey, I was like, hey guys, I kneel down. I remember I knelt down in front of them like to make it like, this is a big deal. You're like, like a friendly waiter at a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> hey guys, today, let me tell you the specials. Yeah, how are we doing today? <laughs> yeah, we got some great stuff for you. So I kneel down and I'm like, listen guys, I, I hate to do this, but I met my my girlfriend is is right around the corner and I brought her here tonight because I met her on this couch and I want to, I'm about, I have a ring. I'm about to propose to her. I want to propose to her on this couch. Like right now, like I have to do this. And they were like, totally put out. They were like, they were, he was like, both of them. There wasn't like one party who was like, oh, don't be a jerk. This is nice. They were both just like, oh, okay, can you just give us like a few minutes? Like, and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. No, nah, it's no big deal. Just, just proposing is... <laughs> to my future wife and spend the rest of my life with no big deal. Just enjoy your seat. That is such a New Yorker's reaction. On, it's not even, that's bad. That gives New Yorkers a bad rap. That's like a, I don't know what that is. I just happened to pick, they were, they were the worst people. All I'm saying is that if you had done that somewhere in the South, the odds of them being like, Ugh, it's true, is unlikely. I think if you've done that anywhere on the planet, everyone Earth, here is like people here are just more likely to be nonplussed and. Or I thought this was a possibility. He thought I was punking him just to get the seat. Oh, which is an amazing way to get someone's seat if you really want it. If you want to be a total, jerk. maybe we should do that for the rest I'm of our gonna, lives. Now that I thought of that, I'm going to use yeah, I'll that. Take off my ring. Yeah. And be like, I go back like five, ten minutes later, and they're still sitting there, and I'm like, hi. And uh, and they're like yeah yeah just just give us a few like, yeah and I remember you I was pissed can I give my side yeah, of the story ahead. I remember so we were sitting in that front room and you kept being like I really want to sit in the spot where we met like I yeah. really want to sit on that sofa and I was like oh what's the big deal we're close enough we're in the venue it's fine oh, we don't I was need to angry sit. again. <laughs> I was like, but it's not a big deal. And I was so embarrassed. And you're like, well, I spoke to them. They said that they're happy to move because we that's where we met. But they weren't moving. And I was like, oh, stop. This is getting embarrassing. Like, we're fine. This is, this is enough. I'm just hearing this. I'm just getting angry. <laughs> you just kept trying to make it happen. And, and we, you know, we had a drink and we were nearing finishing the drink. And you were like, just so wanted to get to that sofa. And I was like, okay, okay, chill. Like, what's the big deal? Okay. And again... I would have known if it weren't for that Groupon. Mm-hmm. Remember, Groupon, guys. <laughs> or another Groupon service. I'm not, we're not sponsoring. It's <laughs> not sponsored for Groupon. So finally, I wait a few more minutes and I go around and this delightful couple had vacated. So I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> so I was like, get over here. So we go around, we sit down and I'm like, did it. I was, it was such an incredible relief. This is like a two, and in theory, this was like a four month long process. Yeah. But intensive one month long planning. Like it was, it, it was like it had to work perfectly. You're or funny. Everything I, would have fallen apart. I think apart. there are proposals that are way more elaborate than this, but for us. Lower likelihood of success. Yeah. And just also for us, like I, a proposal that would take more elaborateness is would not really be a proposal i would want 
Right. To be honest. Right. You're not the kind of, I knew exactly what you wanted because you would never want some big thing where it was like a, a you know, like a scavenger hunt or like some like crazy. Thing. Yeah. Like out of those previous four near attempts, yeah. I would not want the bridge one, but I could, the most likely one I'd be into would be the bed one. I, I knew that. I felt okay. I actually felt fairly good about the bed one, which is why I was so frustrated. I couldn't get the ring out of my pocket, but Thankfully, I didn't. So I knew you. I knew that you didn't want some elaborate, crazy proposal, as you said. And I knew this was perfect. And I had one shot at it. And so when I sat down on that couch, I was so psyched. Like all the pressure of actually proposing, which is what most guys probably like, are like, oh, my God, that was like nothing. I was like, (laughs) done. Like, (laughs) Just wait for like something she says, let her smile at you and look at you nice and then do it. Well, I can now I. Want me to tell my side? Yeah, I want to hear it. So I remember here, you made me sit in the exact spot I was sitting, and you made me get on my phone. Yes. I was like, this is so romantic. We're in the spot. You're like, now get on your phone. Get on your phone. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. I actually don't. I was like, why? This is a romantic moment. You're like, I just want to remember what you looked like when you weren't paying attention to me, and you were on your phone that night we met. And I was like, I actually forgot saying that. That's funny. (laughs) So I got on my phone and just proceeded to go through my, I don't know, Instagram or something and just ignore you because you're telling me to do that. (laughs) And then the next time I looked at you, Did you say anything? No. What happened was, is I waited for you to be totally absorbed in your phone. And then I pulled out this giant bulky box, which was, by the way, another huge relief. There was all these like reliefs. I was like, I got it out of the pocket. It never got seen. And I opened it and I just waited for you to look at me. Yeah. And I just sort of like angled towards you. And I was like, and then you looked and you're like, "Ah." it was, it was, uh, the look on your face. Um, I'll, I, you know, it was like, Dude, I'll never forget. It was just great. True surprise. It was what it was was something that I almost never get from you. Handful of times at most was genuine, as you said, genuine surprise, but also good surprise. There was no, I could tell in your face, there was no like, oh, this is a surprise, but I have mixed feelings. Yeah. Or like it's 75% good, but uh, it was all like just joyous surprise. And like, I could see you like sort of tearing up a little bit. It was just, it was great. Very few things in my life work out. If I have some grand plan, very few things work out the way I have envision your, them. Yeah. And then this applies I'm to most people. I'm the same people. way. Yeah. yeah, most people. But yeah. this worked out. It was just amazing. Again, all the things about the beginning of our relationship, including this proposal thing, seem to be driven by some sort of protecting force it was very fate um yeah the whole how we met the proposal and again we don't believe in fate don't believe in it but man this was a strong case for something so from my perspective yeah i'm on my phone and i'm just completely you told me to get absorbed in my phone i was like okay and i just start scrolling then you actually did get absorbed. yeah i did get absorbed and i think i was just looking at my phone for a while yeah until finally i was like oh hey look at this and then i looked over at you and you were there with the ring and it was i was so surprised and that really it's so funny that that was so the thing you wanted because mm-hmm. what you could have done was called and rented out the place you could have gotten the whole venue you could have done a couple some things that would made it more over the top but made it less of a surprise yeah because i would have known the minute we walked in to the right. venue when it, we were the only ones in there that you intended to propose i just think it's cute how all the decisions you made were for that surprise factor yes 
And you were surprised. I was shocked. And to be perfectly fair, that was the last time she was ever surprised by anything I did. <laughs> so I, I, when it counted, I came through. So we were very happy. We took a photo on that sofa right yeah. after. And there were people all around us and no one noticed us. No one noticed. That was amazing. It's so New York. It was just like literally proposed, <laughs> yeah. like the most like, like storybook and proposal. And no one. There's I people think- milling about and we're on the sofa. So we're a little lower and people are, like could easily see us. And no, no one said a thing. Nothing. I think later, like like maybe ten minutes later, some woman came up like, "Do you want me to take your no, guys' picture?" No, you asked. Someone oh, I had to, to ask. <laughs> I was like, "Can somebody <laughs> take a picture of the woman I just proposed to?" And the person I think was like, "Okay, okay." Like, yeah, yeah. It was all just no one could be bothered by anything happening yeah. in that corner. But but we were all the more happy. reason why it worked out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm happy. About I'm happy. That. No one noticed because I am not into really public. Yeah. Well, proposals. that's the other thing. I wouldn't want to embarrass you. I wouldn't want to yeah. do it in like the middle of a restaurant. I didn't really want to do that. Yeah, I don't even like being sung happy birthday at a restaurant. Like, I don't. I mean, just who? How many people do? But, but I think yeah, some people like the you. attention of a birthday celebration. Some people. So that was it. That was the proposal. And the next day, we skyped my parents and told them, and they were like. Okay. <laughs> totally react. Yeah, it was literally. I remember they your, were not into your, it at all. <laughs> your dad's reaction was the most amazing. I forget your mom's was. I pre- I knew your mom would react that way. That's just she's that's classic Xiaomi. But uh, your dad's reaction was amazing. He was just, he was just like, "Hey, Charlene, how's it going?" You're like, "Hey, any <laughs> repose?" And he's like, "Okay, that's nice." <laughs> It was amazing. Well, and you also did not ask for. I didn't, and you know, do you want to address that? Because some people think that that's something. You know, I feel I feel one should do. I feel a little bad about that. I I have mixed feelings about it. For for one, I I love your dad. Like he's the best father in law I could ever have. Mm -hmm. No question. Like, and and believe me, one of the considerations in marrying you. Not that I wouldn't have if your parents sucked, but one of the considerations that made it like a no brainer was I, I really liked your parents and that's rare. Well, yeah. 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 So, so, so your dad was super cool, but, but I also felt like, well, you're I a- felt timid. I felt like I didn't, I, first of all, I felt like number one, I didn't want him to spill the beans in some way, but I have a feeling your dad is not the tightest chest when it comes to keeping secrets i have a feeling that someone would have found out and that was one of the 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 main reasons but the other one was just sort of like well there was many one of which is just a little intimidating to to do that it's it's really like it's a kind of a big deal well is that the reason i thought the reason was more so that you are not really a traditionalist that way because you know that the it's a really outdated outdated. if you think about why you do it i'm not nothing against any almost everyone i know when they propose they got the father's permission blah 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 all that stuff my sister my my brother-in-law asked for my dad's permission blah 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 so nothing against that, but I have no issue with the fact that you didn't do that. Oh, I know you don't. And I also feel like it was a little early. Like, you were I, embarrassed I, by how I early was embarrassed it was. By, like if it was like two years later, I would have been totally like, hey, Stephen, you know, yeah. I'm going to marry your daughter. Yeah. But it was You'd so. You'd only met my parents once. I'd only met them once. And I was really intimidated. Like I was like, I was worried that he was gonna be like, really? Like, that's you sure about this. And I didn't want to have that conversation. I also feel in all things when I have a really big idea like creatively or something that I really want to do that I that I want to dedicate myself to like I don't like to put it in the universe because once it's out there it has ways of getting like 
corrupted. I feel like we're learning a lot about you and all your neuroses. My superstitions. Yeah, yeah, I'm very in my mess. So anyway, I didn't ask him. And that was that. <laughs> He's happy. <laughs> it worked out well. And that was that. Oh, okay. Now I will tell. The, you, you've been talking for a while. So yes, now I, I will tell the next quite part of the story. Yep. So you've just proposed. Mm-hmm. And we're kissing. We're crying. We're so happy. And you're like, the ring. Look at the ring. Do you like the yeah, ring? there was no... <laughs> And I remember I glanced at the ring and I was like, we'll talk about the ring later. <laughs> Always a good sign. That's nailed I it. didn't want to ruin the moment, but I also couldn't possibly lie. Yeah. No, you couldn't. It was good. I knew. And, you know, I didn't care. I was like, ah, we'll fix the ring. That's yeah. That's fixable. And you were on it. Like, you weren't. You weren't like, okay, this is a good placeholder for when we get the ring. Like, I think the following Monday, like when the stores are open, you're like, we're going to go find your ring. Oh, yeah. And so we went to the Diamond District together. Mm-hmm. What's interesting in the Diamond District, for people who don't know, they're like hawking you. When they see a couple walk down, oh, it's like yeah. fresh meat. They're like, oh, yeah. hey, look at you, beautiful. Come on, you got to make her an honest woman. <laughs> like, come on. And they're all trying to get you in the store. And this one place, the woman who was doing the hawking did it in the most like graceful and like nuanced way. We also weren't necessarily looking to get a ring. I just wanted to see what I wanted because I right. am not... A lot of women know what they want in a ring. I had no idea. Like, the only thing I knew about my entire wedding situation... Well, I had no idea either, clearly. <laughs> the only thing I ever knew I wanted about my entire wedding situation was a backless dress. <laughs> Literally. I didn't have any other ideas about what my dress would look like, what my day would look like, what my ring would look like. Nothing. I'm just not... I'm not one of those girls that has spent time or had spent right. time thinking about her wedding day. I wasn't sure if I even wanted to get married for yeah. much for m- most of my 20s, to be honest. Yeah, reasonable. So most of us walking down that street was just me trying to see what I liked. Sure, yeah. And we went for the least hockey place, yeah. which suits our personalities. All these people were so aggressive, and we were like, leave us alone. Right, <laughs> of course. And then this one place, we were looking in the window, and the woman was just like, well, it's like a restaurant. I think you don't she want had a be... sign that said, just come and look, we won't bite or something like that. That's right. She had a sign. She was just standing in the window and she was smiling at us yeah. with the sign. It was really adorable. Yeah, it, it great, spoke to us. Great sales pitch. Yes, it worked. We ended up totally. getting our ring from them. <laughs> like really fast. And by the way, your original ring, because you had waited more than 30 days to propose, you were not able to take back. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Rough stuff. Anyway... Suffice to say, our experience in the diamond store was very overwhelming, and I was very excited and all the things, and I was just confused, and I remember I was starting to melt down, and you put your hands on my shoulders, and you said... There will be no crying in the diamond store. (laughs) Yes. And I was not kidding. You were not. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So she got it together. We eventually got the, the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can show pictures of. Oh, should I go get it? Okay, I got the ring. It's kind of dirty. Should I show? All in all, I've got to say you really knocked it out of the park. For my personality, you know, I think all that matters with a proposal is that it feels personal and that it feels like the two of you. And I think you managed to do that. And I'm so glad you did not propose in some restaurant that I can't remember the name of in Paris which is a beautiful city and I love Paris, but Paris is not us. I mean, 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I love that there's a spot in this city where we met and where you proposed and where we can't go all the time. We can't take it for granted. Yeah. And I don't know. You just nailed it. You completely surprised me, which is I, impossible I st- to do. I still can't believe it. I can't surprise you with anything. 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 You know, if there's a moral to that particular part moral. of the story. <laughs> The moral of the it's story. It's same with how we met. There were lessons to be learned. There were lessons to be learned and everything. But the lesson there was, I'm, well, I don't know if it's a lesson, but I'm so glad that I didn't do it in a panic, which is what Europe was. It was like, it was like I got to get this done. Like, I'm so glad I, I just let it simmer and trusted that we were good and really sort of put my heart into it. Aww. Yeah, that was a relief. I think my lesson is don't, Go through your boyfriend's stuff because you might find something that in the long run you wish you hadn't found. There's another good one. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to make this comparison, but I, I think you should think of an engagement ring like buying a gun. There should be a holding period where you have to really think about it. So like, I think That's there is you- something, something to say about buying the ring and sort of putting it on ice for a little while. So that you don't do anything. Yeah, but then you can't return it. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, put on ice for 28 days and then propose on the 29th. But, you know, like if I had done that the first time around, I might have uh, avoided oh, that's a, a lot good of point. issues. Oh, so when you went to Fortune Off that first time, got that ring, you proposed to her sort of like really fast. There was a quick turnaround. Speed. Oh, it was, it was that night. I bought the ring and proposed to her that night. Ooh. Yeah, it was insane. So, you know, holding period. Just like chill, cool down. Think about it. Not in a way like, oh, you'll realize that getting married is a bad call. Like maybe in those next couple of weeks, you'll be like, wait a minute, am I doing this impulsively? Am I doing this out of jealousy? Am I doing, you know, just make sure you're doing it right. But it's a big, it's a big decision. And, and also the more you wait, the better idea you may come. Maybe you'll come up with another uh, Groupon-like concept. <laughs> And uh, it'll be worth the wait. I really feel like your proposal shows the ways in which you're romantic. Because you are actually quite romantic. Hopelessly. Oh, more than people would, I think, assume if they knew you. Or uh, than they might get from getting to know you on this podcast. But your obsession with that surprise factor is really... I feel like with the ring, you just didn't even bother. You're like, I know I'm not going to nail the ring. So I'm just... It's like... It's like getting a ring from a gumball machine. You're like, here's a ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 100%. It was like the onion ring ring, like in The Simpsons. I mean, the ring is the least important part. It It is. is. I didn't even put it on to record a podcast about you proposing. There you go. And I haven't worn my ring. You haven't. You never wear your ring. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I couldn't care less. Don't like jewelry. I think there's one more thing I want to mention if we're going to talk about takeaways. And that is that, you know, people always talking about the just knowing I don't think you have to just know right away with someone, but I do think you have to just know when it comes to getting engaged. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know when I met you immediately that you were going to be my future husband, but after spending time with you, I knew that if you proposed, I would say yes. Like, there was no question that we wanted to get engaged and get married. I think... No question. That's a popular question, by the way. People often ask, like, every, you know, all these things are fine, but I'm just not... I don't know if I want to marry this mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me, I feel like that's a thing you should know. 100% agree. You're not going to get an argument from me on that one ever. By the way, I do feel a little less glum. Oh, good. Good. That was a nice walk down memory lane. It was. 
All right. Are we are we good there? I think the story is ended. Shall we wrap? <laughs> it's over. You guys, you've been such a special part of our 2020. It's been a shitty year, but believe it or not, you guys have made it better for us. This mm-hmm. podcast has been a silver lining. It's yep. been a lot of work, but also... Nice reprieve. Yes. Fun work. Yeah. And I feel like we've found our people in you, and hopefully you feel you found your people in us. And... You mean a lot to us. So thank you for being a 2020 silver lining Mm -hmm. for Shandy. And since if you made it this far, I assume you like Dear Shandy, you can keep us in business (laughs) by liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell, leaving an iTunes review, telling your friends. And on that note, happy end of 2020 to all of you. And we'll see you in the new year. Thanks for tuning in to Dear Shandy. Bye. Thanks, guys.